Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. Our desire at MOF PHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that He will transform your life. Thanks again. So, look, I'm going to tell you guys, honestly, I appreciate the online audience and the fact that we can do the online ministry. I thought about it last night when I was praying and going over my message. You know, when I first started here and I had never preached a Sunday morning in front of a, you know, a service before and uh, how rough it was, when Jeff wasn't here, he only had your word for it. And a few of you were sweet enough to say it was okay. Now it's online and he can see it for himself. I'm a little nervous. So, but no, it's good. I'm glad we have this opportunity to minister to others. So, uh, if we could get the YouthQuest logo up there for me. This past week, we went to YouthQuest. We took a group down there. We had uh, about, there were, I think there were about 25 of us that traveled down there. The Mooring family was already there ministering because that's just what you do if you're a Mooring. You're always where their church service is. So, we had, uh, we took 11 teenagers down there that participated in uh, 15 different categories. And now some of these categories, they range. We had some uh, young ladies, Adriana and others, that did uh, expressive worship. They were uh, moving to a song that was really, it was honestly, it was beautiful what they did. Uh, A few, um, Logan and Avery, they did a short sermon. Several of them did uh, music. Uh, Actually, our our B3, a version of our B3 worship. So we had uh, some young people, Logan, Stanley, Emma Cahall, Isaac Worth with his unbelievably strong mullet. And Camden Mooring were up on stage. They actually did so well with their presentation. They actually got pulled up at the last service, and they got to present before everybody. And did they, they did a fantastic job. If you didn't get a chance to watch it, uh, I'll try to see if I can find the link and post it again. But it was just a really good time. Now, all of that to say, we had 15 categories. We had 10 of which. So they, they changed it this year to where... It wasn't a first, second, or third place. That was an issue for some, but nobody. a lot of people have the trouble with everybody gets a trophy. But I promise, not everybody walked out of there with a trophy. Okay, Here's what happened this year. They went to the band model to where everybody either gets a superior, excellent, or good. And now all of our group, the 15 different categories we had, we had 10 that received superior and 5 that received excellent. Now our kids, they did an excellent job. I would say they did an excellent job because it wasn't just them putting on a show. They got up there, they worshipped, they got up there, and they had a great time. And it wasn't only the, uh, I guess you could say, the performances and the uh, competition that was going on. Each morning, we would start off by having a uh, service. We would move from the service, and they would take them into... I guess you could say like classroom time, and they would take them into classrooms and they would work with them, and they called them workshops, and they would work with them on different areas, worship or discipling other students, Bible studies, things like that. They took them in there and they worked with them for about an hour every day, and then we'd have lunch, go into competition, and then that night we'd go back in for another service. Now, I say all that because you guys help pay the way for that, and I, as their youth pastor, I cannot say thank you enough for doing that. Your tithes and offering that goes to that when you guys have helped support the golf tournament, which is coming up September 9th. Shameless plug, I'm sorry. 
you guys have helped pave the way for these students to be able to go and to be in this environment. As I said, we had 11 of them that were a part of this. Nine of them, this was their first time ever being a part of YouthQuest. So they got to receive just a different environment and minister in a different way that they've never done before. Not only did they minister on a stage, they were then pulled off the stage and got to meet with the judges. And the judges explained to them the pros and the cons of what they did in their, their ministry in that moment. This is a, a picture of most of the crew right here. Uh, as you can see, we had a great theme going on that night with Aloha. Freddie looks so great sitting there. But uh, all those services, everything we had, what's the value of it? What's the value of sending all of these students down there? They're, they're some of their grandparents, their parents, some unbelievable leaders that I had that were there. What is the value of this event, what you guys have invested in? Well, I watched a leader... One specific leader take a dramatic step forward in his leadership. I could not have been more proud of Freddie and everything that he did this weekend. (laughs) Sorry about that. Um, I could not have been more proud of him. I saw other students, Avery and others, that stepped up in new ways. But the real value of the entire weekend is we had one young lady who's not even in our youth ministry yet. She's still in our rooted kids ministry, but she accepted the Lord as her Savior this weekend. So that is exactly why we do this type of stuff. We try to create our entire purpose of our church is we try to create environments where people can experience Jesus in new ways and grow in new ways with him. And I thank you guys very much for supporting that. Now I say all of that to say, Pastor Jeff gave me the opportunity to preach to you guys today. And the Lord was really pouring into me while we were down there in Florida. And uh, I came back today. I really felt like the Lord was impressing on me to discuss the idea of first fruits. Okay, so this is a concept that we've all probably heard before. Moses brought it up in Exodus twenty three nineteen, where he says, The best of the first fruits of your ground you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. So here we have Moses instructing the people, instructing the people of Israel to bring their best to the Lord, their first fruits, everything that they have received from God, they're supposed to bring their best and first to the Lord as an act of worship, a thanks offering to the Lord because he's the one that provided it. And honestly, what he said here in Exodus is something that we're supposed to be doing today, but I have good news for you today. I'm not preaching on tithing. Okay, I know everybody kind of tightened up right there when we start talking about first fruits. I'll let Pastor Jeff handle that. We're not talking about tithing today. What we're talking about is the heart and the concept of first fruits. It is the heart that we have towards giving our first fruits. So to do this, we're going to go all the way back to the beginning. So if you have your Bibles, if you'll turn to Genesis 4, we're going all the way back to the time of Adam and Eve. Thanks to them. You know, we all know that Adam and Eve messed up and they brought sin into the world and they got kicked out of the garden. So we're picking up after they've been kicked out of the garden because sin coming into the world. And it says that Adam and Eve had two sons, Cain and Abel. Cain was a farmer. Abel kept the sheep. And what we're going to do, we're going to pick up in verse 3 where Cain and Abel are bringing their offering to the Lord. And it says in verse 3, in the course of time... Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel also brought the firstborn of his flock and their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering he had no regard. 
So Cain was very angry, and he fell, his face fell. And the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. So here we have this word, regard. And it says that God did not regard Cain, but he did regard Abel. So when you go back and... I'm, I'm not that bright, so sometimes I actually have to go back and pull up uh, the Greek and actually try to figure out what these words actually mean. So what, what does regard mean, Harley? She's regarding me right now. She's looking at me because that's all she'll do. Okay, regard in this time frame is talking about that God refused to look at what Cain brought, but yet he looked at Abel's offering with favor. So what was the difference here? What was the difference as to why he... Re- revered what Abel brought, but did not like what Cain brought to him. Well, it says in that verse up there, if you'll go back to it for me for a second, it says in that verse that Cain brought an offering. He just brought something to God. Whereas Abel brought the firstborn of his flock and their fat portions. So if we're to... Take away from this. So it appears that Cain decided to just do something for God, whereas Abel decided that he was going to give his absolute best at this moment to God. And we see that God referred to it. He responded to Abel's, but he did not respond to Cain's. Now, this obviously, being human beings, this made Cain very upset. Cain, it says his face fell. He was no longer looking towards the Lord because he didn't receive the blessing that he wanted. So because he didn't get exactly what he wanted in that moment, he turned away from God. And God, of course, being God that is loving, calls out to us and corrects us and checks us at points. And he calls out to Cain and he says in verse 7, basically, why are you looking down? Why is your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well... Sin is crouching at the door. Sin is crouching at the door. When we bring less than our best to God, when we decide to mail it in, when we decide to just give a little bit instead of giving our all, sin is crouching at the door. The enemy is waiting for us to offer him a foothold to get into our lives. And these are the moments where we may think that we're doing really good, but are we doing our best? We may think that we're in church, but are we truly just there or are we actually in church seeking God? I Look, surprisingly, I made it through part of college. Okay, I got a bachelor's. I know you're shocked. But I remember high school. I remember what it's like to mail it in. Do any of you remember what high school was like, some of you? Tony, I know it's been a while, right? And you, where you don't really try, you just do enough just to get by because you really don't care. I have a 15-year-old right now that every single time we talk to him about anything to do with school, he reminds us that this doesn't matter. I'll never use algebra again. And I'm like, that's not the point. <laughs> that's not the point. <laughs> Thank God Ryan's out of school right now, Okay. You guys ever mailed something in and not tried your best? And then you ever get frustrated with the response and the, you know, the reality that you get because of you didn't give it your best? I did that with chores all through my life. My mom still reminds me of that. 
When we don't offer our best to the Lord, when we're not bringing him our first fruits, when we're giving him the leftovers, sin is crouching at the door for us. What we've done in this opportunity, in this moment, when we're not giving him our absolute best, when we're not offering him our first fruits and we're offering him basically seconds or whatever's left over for our day-to-day life, what we're doing is we're offering the devil an opportunity to come in there because what we've done is if we're not giving him our first fruits, then we're probably not spending time with him in our reading and our devotion. We're probably not spending time with him because we're so focused on other things. And you know what the best part is? The enemy is so good at capitalizing on our slight mistakes. I will beat myself up over, I I can have the best service with our youth ministry, and I will beat myself up for a week over one mistake. The enemy is great at doing that type of stuff. But when you give him one opportunity to get through the door, he's going to come in. And you know what they always say? You know, with a kid, you give him an inch and they'll take a... What do you think the enemy does? You give him an inch, he's not going to take a mile. He's going to take your life. And what do we see in the Bible? If you guys aren't aware of the story, Cain and Abel, what we have here is four people basically on earth. And Cain didn't give his best to God. And almost in the next basically next few verses, what does he do? He's so upset, he kills his brother. Sin was and is crouching at the door. Four people on earth, and we managed to have a murder. Because Cain did not offer his best to the Lord. We're going to skip forward to the New Testament here. We're going to go to Acts 5. But a man named Ananias and his wife Sapphira sold a piece of property And with his wife's knowledge, he kept back for himself some of the proceeds and brought only a part of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said to Ananias, Why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land? While it remained unsold, did did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? Why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to man, but to God. When Ananias heard these words, he fell down and breathed his last, and a great fear came upon all who heard it. And the young men rose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him. Actually, reading a few more verses, his wife came in and lied, did the same thing. And she dropped dead right there too. And the men were waiting at the door to take her out as well. What, What was the deal here? We're speaking about the heart of first fruits. The heart that we have towards giving what God deserves. Ananias and his wife decided with their actions that they were not going to point their heart towards God. They had allowed the enemy to get in there and twist their mind a little bit that if we can take, we'll sell this piece of land. This is, a, this is a time where the disciples and all these people, all the Christians, the followers of the way, those who are following Jesus in this tumultuous time, Jesus is gone and has risen back up to heaven and now the church is trying to build itself up. But if you read in Acts 2 how excited they were together, every day they were meeting together and people were selling off what they had and giving it to the church so the church could grow and minister and reach more and more. So we have a precedent already here of what the church was doing. They were meeting every day, praying together, going over the words of Jesus, and they were growing every day. But Ananias and Sapphira that are a part of this, and even inside the church, even inside the church, they have decided in their hearts because they allowed sin that was creeping and crouching at the door to come into their life. 
They allowed it to get a foothold to where they said, we'll sell something just like everybody else will. But he decided, but I'm not going to give everything I have to God. I'm going to give a portion of it and I'm going to hold some back for me. But you know what he did? He played it off as though he did give everything he had to him. He played it off in front of everybody else. He only brought a portion of what he truly had. He only brought a portion of the fruits that God had given him from the sale of the land. He brought a portion of it, but he was going to save some for himself because who cares what God wants? I got to take care of me first. But yet he came to the church in front of the apostles and he laid it at the apostles' feet because I got to put on the show. I got to let them know that I'm a good Christian. I can't have anybody looking at me sideways. I got to let them know that I brought everything I had to the Lord. I'm being a blessing. Look at me while I'm being a blessing. It's what Ananias and Sapphira, that's what their heart was in that moment. They weren't bringing their first fruits. They were bringing whatever they felt like after they took care of me. And sin was crouching at the door, ready to take them out. And Peter called him out on it, thanks to the Holy Spirit, letting him know what was going on. Peter called him out on the spot and told him, your heart is not for God. You have not lied to us. We are but men. You haven't lied to us. You've lied to God. You lied to the Holy Spirit. How foolish was that? And on the spot, he was taken out. And his wife right after him. Because their hearts were not for God. They were going through the motions of church. Anybody ever gone through the motions of church? I'll admit that I have. I absolutely have. Gone through the motions of church, trying to wear the mask and make it seem like everything going on in their heart was right. As though they were bringing their first fruits to the Lord. But they weren't. Their heart was far from God and it showed by their actions. Skipping back to Mark, we're speaking of the heart of things. Mark 12, picking up in verse 41, is talking about the widow's offering. And, and he, being Jesus, sat down opposite of the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums. And a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins which make a penny. And he called his disciples to him, and he said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put more than all those who are contributing into the offering box, for they all contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. This woman here, it's truly exhibiting what it means to have the heart of first fruits. She was bringing every bit of what she had to the Lord. She decided to give it all to God. Everyone else was putting in far more amounts of money. But what did Jesus say? They were giving basically out of their comfort. They were giving out of their just overabundance of wealth and their whatever they felt like, whatever they had. But this woman was giving all that she had. She was truly bringing her first fruits to God. She decided that regardless of what it was going to cost her, that she was willing to give every bit that she had to God. 
Turner, if you'll go ahead and come up and start playing, we're not going to take too long on this. The question I have today with our actions and our day-to-day life and what we're giving and what we're, God has given, I mean, what, what has God given you? Okay, we can start first and foremost with he gave us his son, right? He gave us his son who sacrificed his life on a cross for us to give us the gift of grace that we can accept willingly so easily. How, how hard is it to get saved? Well, I tell my teenagers all the time, Romans 10, 9, confess with mouth and believe with your heart that Jesus is Lord and he's risen from the grave and you're saved. It's that easy for your life to be changed to where you can spend eternity in heaven with him. How much does that actually cost you? A little bit of air and a true faith in your heart. That's all that it costs you to receive salvation, to receive the grace and the gift of God. So he's given us that, that which we did not deserve. Those who are here in this room this morning and those that are watching online, we have air in our lungs and things that are going on upstairs, I hope. We've been given that. Anybody have anything to eat this morning? You did? Good. (laughs) We have all of that. Yet on a day-to-day basis, what exactly are we giving back to God? Are we giving him our first fruits, the best of our day? Are we giving him the best of our energy, our action, our words, our thoughts, our time? Are we giving him the best? Are we like this poor widow who decided to give it all? That she wasn't worried about where the next meal or the next uh, penny was coming from. She decided that I'm just going to go ahead and give it all. And I'm just going to trust him. Because I I got no idea how this is going to work on a day-to-day basis. I got no idea how this is going to work. But I know that if I give this to God, he's going to take it and multiply it and bless others. And that's what it's about. I'm not worried about me. I need him to be blessed. Because he's already blessed me severely. Are Are we like Abel? That as soon as we receive our our blessing and our our whatever we receive from the Lord, our paycheck, our time, our energy, whatever it is, I'm just going to go ahead and take the first bit of that. And before I pay anybody else, myself, the lights, the mortgage, whatever it is, I'm going to go ahead and take care of God. That's what Abel decided to do. But we see what happens when we don't. Cain decided That he mattered first. And sin was crouching at the door. Cain made a huge mistake because he wasn't close to the Lord. I tell you, I've done that. I have absolutely done that. I didn't decide to read and pray that day. And all of a sudden, my anger is a little more than usual. I do something a little stupider than usual. I fall into temptation. I've done that. But it's so much harder to end up like Cain, who lived the rest of his life basically in misery, far from the Lord. It's it's easy to end up like that, but it's more costly to be close to God. But the blessings outweigh any of the cost. But we have a, I mean, we're, we're a microwave society. We have a tendency... To focus on what it's going to cost me. Oh, you, you need help moving out of your house? How much time is that going to take? How many heavy things do you have? 
not what kind of shape are you in, what's going on in your life. Yeah, have you guys ever weighed a conversation with someone? How long is this going to take? Okay, it's just me. All right, pray for me then. Okay. <laughs> but you have no idea what that person is going through. What if you took that moment and you were hands and feet of Jesus and you spoke to them? What if you offered your first fruits of your time for the Lord and you were his hands and feet and you spoke to that person? What if you did that? And what if you ministered to them? Can I tell you the truth? We have teenagers right now that are dealing with suicidal thoughts. We have teenagers that are going through anxiety and depression on a daily basis. What if every day I decided that's not worth my time? What's that going to do to them? You have coworkers right now that are going through a lot. You have family members that just need Jesus. What are you offering to them? Are you being the hands and feet of Jesus? Are we bringing our first fruits to the Father and allowing him? And I'm just, hey, God, I'm not the most talented person, but you know what? I'm going to give you what I have today, and I'm going to let you take it and multiply it. And you can take the little bit that I have. If we saw anything from the feeding of the 5,000, taking the loaves and the fish, if you can take loaves of bread and fish and feed 5,000 men, not even counting the women and children that were there, if you can take that little bit and minister to all of them, Even the little bit of lack of talent that I have, but a heart that is focused on you, what could you take and multiply that and do with it? We see that. We see that. Jason's one of my favorite. He does this all the time. He goes to the gym every morning. According to Turner, he does nothing but talk. But he's in there ministering to everybody all the time. Every single opportunity he gets, he doesn't waste it. He's giving his first fruits to the Lord. We have no idea the ramifications of that. Over time, someone may grab a hold of the seed that was planted because he offered his first fruit. And someone may come through that door and walk right up here and receive salvation. The goal is not to get the praise for it. The goal is to honor God with it. The goal of giving our first fruit is not to see how much he'll bless us, but how much can we bless him. So we need to evaluate our lives on a day-to-day basis, what we're doing, how we're operating, what we're giving to God. Is he getting our first and our best, or is he getting the leftovers? Or is he getting forgotten? What are we doing? Because sin is crouching at the door waiting for us to slip up. For us to mess up and to go back to those old ways. So we need to be intentional about what we're doing and what we're giving to the Lord. If you would, stand with me. If today the Lord has not been getting your first fruits, if he's not been getting your best, if he's just been getting something from you, today's a day that we should all rectify that. This is a moment where we can, as a church, we have plenty of time. Time in this moment is not an excuse. This is a moment where we can honestly not worried about anybody else, but approach the Lord and say, hey, 
I'll say it for myself. Hey, I'm sorry that I haven't given you everything every day like I should. But I thank you that from this moment forward, I can. That you're a loving God that has not cast me off because I messed up once, twice, a thousand times. That you're such a loving God that you keep opening your arms for me to come back to you. The image of the prodigal son and the father running towards him. Instead of running away like he should. That's our father. That's the one that we serve. That's the one that today we can say that God, I haven't given you everything. But from this moment forward, I will try. Or if today you've never given God your all. You've never called him to be your Lord and Savior. This is the moment to do it. As we said earlier, Romans 10, 9 says so easily, confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that Jesus is Lord and he has risen from the grave. That's all it takes. It's not some extravagant thing. It's all about what's going on in your heart. If that's, if that's you and you've not asked him to be your Lord and your Savior, today's the day to grab a hold of that. So as we're praying if you need special prayer or you just want to come talk to the Lord, this altar's open. We're going to pray, and then Turner's going to sing something to us. He, he just found that out. But as we pray, take your time. Talk to the Lord. Tell him what's really going on inside. Tell him why you're here today, because you're not here going through the motions. You're here because you want to be close to him. So, Father, we give you thanks. Again, Father, we give you thanks for the service in this time. God, we give you thanks for your grace, your grace and your mercy, that which we don't deserve. We thank you for the sacrifice of your son on that cross. We thank you, Father, that you are trying to move day in and day out in our lives. God, I pray that you would help us to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit on a day-to-day basis. That every morning, every morning we would rise and that we would talk to you first. We would get alone with you and the Holy Spirit and allow you to speak into our lives and minister to us before we get on our phones, before we get around other people, before we get out to our jobs or anything. God, that we're filled up and ready to go, that we give you our first fruits. And God, we ask that you would take those fruits as you've done throughout all the Bible, that you've taken the little bit that your people have to offer, that which you don't even need, but yet you desire from us, that you take that little bit and you multiply it and you bless and anoint those that are around us. God, every person in this room has coworkers and family members that are in need of you. Let us not take it for granted and hope that you do something one day for them. Let us get fired up and excited. Let us bring you all that we have and watch you move and operate. Not for our glory, but for yours, Father. God, I pray if there's anyone here today who's dealing with doubt or anxiety or depression or anything going on in their hearts that's trying to keep them away from you, God, I pray that you administer to them. You let them know that you love them, that nothing is too great from holding them back from you. God, and if there's a single person in this room today that does not know you as our Lord and Savior, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just minister to their hearts now. Grab a hold of them now. Do not let them walk out of this door without being changed. God, we love you. You are worthy of so much more than our first fruits. 
were worthy of it all, but yet, this is what we have.